Hey everybody, it's Adam from the Combat Chain here. Before we get into episode 43 of the podcast, I have a quick update to share with you all. For those of you who don't already know, uh, Pat has decided to step away from the channel. Now, today is Monday, January the 30th, and uh, when we actually sat down to record the episode you're about to listen to was Tuesday the 24th. And when we hopped on Discord that night to get ready to record this episode, we had a little check-in to see uh, where our heads were at in uh, relation to uh, the progress of the channel. And I know at the time I was feeling quite frustrated and disappointed uh, for reasons pertaining uh, to just my, my performance in, in, in the ProQuest season up until that point. And Pat on his end experiencing some uh, burnout and uh, just uh, desire to maintain, figure out a better way to maintain uh, his work-life balance and, and still wanting to stay active with content creation, but trying to do it on his terms. And we, in that moment, decided uh, maybe it would be for the best to temporarily put a pause on the podcast. Uh, while we uh, found our bearings and figured out how to uh, proceed. And uh, we actually, at that time, sat down and recorded uh, a cold open such as this one to uh, explain all this to you. And uh, we left it at that and recorded the, the show. And uh, the following day is when Pat uh, made the decision that he actually thought it would be for the best if he stepped down from the combat chain entirely uh, to figure, just figure out things on his end. And I'll say right away, I, I fully respect his decision. Uh, he, uh, he, he was a big part of the team, and uh, I, I wish him all the best moving forward. Uh, there is certainly no ill will here. However, that left me in a position where I had to decide what would happen next with uh, the podcast and the channel. I and at first I I didn't know. I uh, I really had to dig deep and do some soul searching uh, throughout the rest of the week, uh, which is in part why this episode has taken this long to come out. For those of you who were with us from the beginning, uh, you might remember that uh, this podcast started off as uh, Andrew, Jeff, and myself before uh, they decided they they wanted to focus more on playing the game um, once again I, I had nothing but respect for that decision but it it left me also having to pick up the pieces and figure out how to move forward and that's when I put out feelers and I found Pat and in a, a, a friend's words uh Pat gave the podcast go again and uh I'll, I'll definitely appreciate uh, all his contributions to to the show. Uh, certainly, I don't think we would be where we are now without him. Uh, with having some of the phenomenal guests and conversations we've had, um, that, that was a huge kudos to Pat. That was uh, the combat chain for this past year. Really, was our vision, and uh, I'm proud of the the though. Part of what initiated our conversation on Wednesday was the, the reality that we haven't hit some of the benchmarks we set out for ourselves. But despite that, uh, this journey has been incredible. And uh, I, I'm proud of what we, what we did accomplish. And over this past week, I realized I still want to keep pushing the Combat Chain brand forward. And I want to see, I want to see what comes next. And the reality is, I don't know at this time. What I do know is I want this project to keep moving forward. I know I have the time and energy to commit to it, and I have the motivation and desire. And the thing I have to figure out next, and this is something I've been reflecting on for the past while anyway, is what what is the vision moving forward? What what is What's the vision? What's the goal? What's, what's our, in part, what's our niche? When Andrew and Jeff stepped down, I had a pretty clear vision of where I wanted to go next. And what I needed the most was somebody who was willing to meet me halfway. And Pat was certainly that and then some. 
at this point in time, what I have is a set of strengths and grit. And the part I'm missing is the vision. But my hope moving forward is to network and find people to connect with that we can work together to just bring some really cool content to you guys. I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know how and when this goes next. I have to put in some work to find some like-minded people who want to see this thing grow. The thing I am hopeful about this time around is, uh, unlike last time, I have a platform. I, I have you guys listening right now. Uh, like I said, you guys mean the world. Um, you're, you're a huge reason I'm still moving forward with this project. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that in the next few weeks, I'll have uh, some exciting announcement for, for everyone. Uh, but until then, uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And uh, let's, uh, let's give Pat a good send-off. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Combat Chain. I am your host... Patrick, have you heard about this new combo in Flesh and Blood? It's Findel Spring Tunic, Command and Conquer, and a Blue Pitch, and a Pummel. It's game-breaking stuff. Shaw! And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam. I didn't like hypothermia in the first place. Philip Chuck. Adam, <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to the podcast again. Hi, how you doing? Well, I'm doing okay, Pat. Um, happy to be here. Yes, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm assuming that this this will come a natural progression to our to our intro, so you'll understand, uh, you know, what what he means by that. Uh, uh, we have a crazy episode for you because. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna act like there's no tomorrow because there just might not be. Uh, and to to help celebrate the end of the world, we have one handsome bastard uh, with us. He is uh, he is an author. You know him from the the Wrath Times, the Wraith Times, the Wrath Times. Kai's gonna kill me. Um, but <laughs> he's he is an author for the Wrath Times, and he uh, very recently became the ProQuest Three data analyzer. Uh, for LSS, and you can see his articles being posted on the main page each week at the end of uh, of each ProQuest uh, weekend, discussing the meta and uh, and the hero breakdowns. Uh, he's also got just amazing eyes, and him and his wife make some some great content together. Uh, Parker Brown, you know, you know him as Breezy. Welcome to the Combat Chain. Hi. <laughs> now, now you heard you heard all of that <laughs> before we started. I just, what's your two cents on it? Yeah, yeah, that will. You prefaced a little bit. You're like, hey, we're gonna do this like intro, so just hang tight. And I was like, oh, oh no, what is this? And so yeah, I heard it live for the first time. Man, that's I completely agree and totally understand with your reasoning you know i mean there's mm-hmm. there's madness in chasing yourself and your expectations and when they're not at the place where you, you, you humbly set them it's like okay mm-hmm. well then let's take a pause and reassess and i think that's like the most healthy mature adult mm-hmm. thing to do in work in life in passion and hobby whatever it is that's it's you know so it sucks. I mean, what the hell? But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah, I, 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 I stand beside you and, and let's rage with this last one. Let's go. Now, uh, Parker, you, you've been a, a, a pillar of the community for, for a very long time. Uh, before, before content was even a, a glimmer in anyone's eyes. Uh, you were a playmat and a pleasant voice in uh, a once thriving webcam community. Recently, we kind of we there was a bit of a morning here with Pro Tour Three announce uh, the Pro Tour Three announcement. 
um, there was kind of a there there was a sadness kind of a wash over the online community because it really uh, it is no longer realistic for people to uh, to grind uh, XP in order to qualify for for these events and. A lot of that is is the armories. There's no armories, and even if you go into the international Discord, the you know the density of games have just dropped precipitously. Uh, mm. Mourn with me. How, yeah. You know, you you were a big webcam guy. Uh, yeah. how, how do you get your jollies right now to play in Flesh and Blood? Yeah, it's dude. It's weird to think that. This time last year, it was I, I I just had a daughter, so I was pretty landlocked, and so webcam games even even prior to that, but certainly during this time last year, it was like any outlet of flesh and blood was webcam, and so it's weird to see how that's just like one one fan made client can change the whole you know the <laughs> yeah, whole perspective right? of like oh it doesn't have to be top down camera microphone you know like the, the 16 cords plugged in to have this mm-hmm. game it's just a uh, point and click and so you know simplicity took over um but with that yeah we lost a we lost some emotion and some yeah, right? camaraderie the human, the human yeah. element of it really really backed yeah. away yeah okay. yeah it's it's something that i've been thinking about too currently i mean yeah I, I play on said ta- uh, Talishar client um, quite a bit, especially as I'm like testing a deck and stuff. I will say too, like, yeah, that's the easiest way to get a deck tested. You know, you slap it together, you don't even have to touch your cards, and you just copy paste, play game. That deck sucks. Try again. Um, whereas webcam, yeah, you really had to kind of sit there in your solemn silence and test by yourself and be like cool i think i'm ready to take this to the international discord webcam <laughs> channel yeah i feel like it's ready for me. at lfg let's go <laughs> yeah, yeah at... <laughs> that's sick i want a tattoo of that somewhere right at LFG. <laughs> that's sick uh yeah so um yeah that's it's I, I there's i also moved too so I, i'm still in texas i'm just maybe 45 minutes east of where I was. And so it's pretty quiet out here. It's a new developing area. And so there's one LGS like 30 minutes away from me that has like four person armories every Monday. And so, yeah, that's, that's like my, my one outside outlet aside from Talishar. Yeah. Yeah. I will say my, uh, I, I was going to an armory on Sundays and, uh, that was, uh, it was a four person sometimes mm-hmm. five, you know, every once in a while it, it really popped off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't been able to go at all. And it kills yeah. me because Arachne is the cold foil and it's all I friggin' want. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet and just buy one. Uh, and yeah. the extended art cut the chases. Cause I can't, I just can't get there. Can't do it. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> so you you know? tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's still, you know, it, You would think that after two years of me pretty, pretty in depth with this game and and committed, my wife would know it's not a phase and not get pissed off at me when I'm like, hey, I'm going to go hang with the boys at the local local car shop. And she's like, no, we got shit. (laughs) Like, all right. Yeah. Now it's like, damn it. You're right. Yeah, we have children and dishes and groceries and laundry. And yeah, 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 it's tough to get out there sometimes. That's what I. I love my wife, but she she's she's busy a lot a lot of evenings that. Uh, so I, she usually goes and does. She's she's on town committees and mm. she has a part time job and you know so forth and so on. So you know five five six nights. She goes, you know, she she's out the door. Sometimes she's back after like a half hour, but I'm, you know, I've committed. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here now. Mm-hmm. I can't just stop playing. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta finish what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, and that that might be what's getting me in trouble. But <laughs> but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, excellent. So uh, talk to me about uh, this this gig with LSS. Uh, you are the I don't what was the job title? You're the guest. You're the guest data guy. I guess uh, so. Yeah. I it 
it was really interesting. Um, yeah, I got some, uh, got an email back from LSS saying, you know, hey, we're looking to, to fill the guest roster uh, for the first quarter of, of, you know, our flesh and blood content for the website. And we checked out some of your previous work on uh, Briar and, and some other hero, um, like just deep dives, essentially. Uh, other previous articles in there. It's like, we'd love for you to do the data analysis, metagame data analysis for ProQuest 3. And I mean, for me, I was like, why? <laughs> like, what for? This is so <laughs> weird. Uh, I don't, I'm not a numbers guy. I admittedly, like, don't even handle my own finances. If I did, I'd ha- I'd be homeless. So um, when I look at percentages and, and, and ratios and um, things like that, I didn't see how that clicked for for them, but I was like, you know what? This is LSS. They maybe they see something in me that I don't. So let's go for it. So yeah, I, I accepted it, and so um, they hit me with a with a three part offer, and so I was like, yeah. I mean, they could have told me to write my feelings about Starvo, but I could only tell you that I loved him, and I still would have said yes because I don't know, just just to get the foot in the door for for sure. you know opportunity for LSS was was fantastic, and um, it seems like they're making some. You know, obviously you had Alex on, and there, there's some, mm-hmm. there's some wheels in moving, and and some shifting of how they involve the community and who they're involving in in certain things just to keep it fresh. And so, um, I thought it was really cool. I was really, really excited to to get some feedback from them and and participate in this ProQuest season. Um, with publicity comes uh, negative reviews. You posted your first article and were immediately chastised by the viewing public for your. Uh, I you know I, I didn't quite catch what they were, but they didn't like you. Uh, <laughs> tell me tell me what it was like to to get to the vitriol of the of the public uh, right in your face. I called my mom. And I was like, hey, I made it. I got haters. No, I, <laughs> no, I, it was actually really constructive. It was more so, um, the, it wasn't necessarily the content itself or the way that it was written or my pers- perspective on it. It was the delivery of certain information. Um, and actually it was some of the good feedback was like, Hey, you know, um, it's really hard to follow these pie charts when there's like tiny hair sized slivers and there's 17 colors in the, in the color key, like, and they all look different shades of each other. It's like, or one one person was like, yeah, I'm like kind of hard of seeing and certain colors blend together. And so this pie chart's really hard to see. And I was like, man, y'all, I promise I didn't make that. Like the people at LSS make those graphics and they import them. And, but I owned it, you know? So that was, that was the biggest thing is, especially as it pertains to like the professionalism when I'm doing something for LSS, it's like, just own it. Just be like, I totally hear you. I, you know, I'll mm-hmm. submit your feedback to them. And I did. And so um, I think it was really healthy for, for LSS to, to hear a lot of that feedback, which I'd say 98% of it was out of my control. So I kind of got off the hook there. It's good. I, I think people need to realize it's the unintended consequences of a supposedly healthy man. Yeah. You didn't think that you would have to before. Look, when when it was ProQuest season, it was Viscerai, mm-hmm. uh, Starvo, and Prism. You just had to worry about those mm-hmm. colors, and then the field, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's, yeah, right, right, that's right. what you had. Now you have you you have seventeen different winners mm-hmm. in a ProQuest. That means each one's got to be accounted for. Uh, you know, so when your color scheme is earthy tones in the first place, you're gonna get a little blending. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, apologize to the colorblind uh, you know, when they have mm-hmm. to see it for the first time. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yep. Side effects of a, of a, a wide meta. Large uh, pie charts. So, um, I... There, so you had a very nice breakdown of week one, and uh, you're going to have a very nice one uh, of week two and three. But right in the right in the middle of it today, as of this recording uh, a couple hours ago, there was a banned and suspended announcement pushed pushed back from uh, January 30th to January 25th New Zealand time, uh, but January 24th uh, in the U.S. 
uh, my birthday is on the 25th, so it's like they wanted to give me something <laughs> in New Zealand on my birthday, and they gave me the band in uh, suspended list. So it <laughs> it almost invalidates whatever you're gonna do, <laughs> whatever you're gonna say at that point. Yeah, yeah, I. Like I mentioned to you, I I'm literally took a break from writing the week two article to do this, and so now, now just, and it's due tomorrow. So I'm just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> thanks, you know, thanks, Brian. Um, yeah, no, and and thankfully it's not you know one of those. It's an immediate effect. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 teetering on the on the side of like, how do I include this because it's relevant news, but also like, you know, it's not as relevant as it is going into week three of ProQuest. Right, so right. there's going to be a tip of the hat to it and mention, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely thrown a wrench in my creative process for sure. Right now, now you're, you're working strictly within the capsule of this isolated ProQuest season because the meta will change immediately afterwards. Right. So nothing, mm-hmm. nothing holds water past. Exactly. Past time. I mm-hmm. I want to uh, while I'm while I'm thinking about it, I do want to shout out and apologize to Brian Gottlieb, who I dismissed as a lowly contractor for LSS. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think that they would give him the uh, authorship uh, of of the the BNS announcement if if he was a uh, you know a temp. Uh, there. So uh, good on you, Brian. You clearly the best of us uh, in this card space. And uh, I, 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 if I have it right, I, I believe you had a big hand in Outsiders. So if it's successful, uh, we'll give you all the credit in the world. And uh, if it blows, it's your fault. Yeah, he designed. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, he designed uh, Arachne and the yes. assassin assassin class so yeah the the yeah, yeah. the class as, as it sits in in dynasty mm-hmm. uh, has Gottlieb's uh, fingerprints all over it yeah, um, they, you know yeah, we're, we're gonna let, let's touch on it right now um arachne two mm-hmm. proquest wins mm-hmm. uh, living legend points arachne beat uh uh Levia and azalea a living legend is that correct is am i doing the math right there yes does levia not have any levia i don't don't think so i think she yeah i'm not sure i think i think young levia might have some ll maybe but Mm. i don't think she's got any right now regardless yeah no and it's what's interesting i played my first pro quest um just this sunday so what uh two days two days ago Mm -hmm. and i sat across an arachne as viscerai and it was I didn't really know what to expect because I've played Arachne quite a bit, but I was like, man, you got some gall bringing Arachne. This must be a, a gnarly, <laughs> a gnarly list. So I was like, kind of, a, it was like kind of a power move. Um, mm-hmm. So I was kind of intimidated. I wonder how much of that psyche plays into it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Cause it definitely affected me. I was like, what's, what's, I know every card in that deck. I know your strategy, but that's still a little like, what's he going to do? <laughs> what kind of yeah, yeah. Gonna, like, how's he going to get there? Yeah. How's, how's he going to get, gonna... yeah. How's he going to get there? And that's the big but, question, right? How, how's he going to get people there? Did it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, caveat, right? Asterix. One person did it Saturday mm. and then Sunday. Very true. Very true. Yep. Yeah. So even, even more of a, of a power move is just back to back. Take him down. Um, it is with the same list, a very fatigue heavy, um, the pilot of this back-to-back ProQuest winning Arachne deck is Tao Tao Chu out of, uh, I believe he California-based, mm. um, mm-hmm. is where mm-hmm. where they uh, where they won. Uh, but there's a, there's a deck tech on it on Alan Lube's uh, YouTube channel, so uh, check it out. I am uh, you know an Arachne aficionado, so I really uh, really loved uh, seeing that. Um, I'm having my own. Speaking of like questionable relationships, I got to figure out what I'm doing with Arachne. Um, I think <laughs> I, po- I posted to the team channel that uh, I I'm done with trying to make mid range Arachne work. I think I got to wait till Outsiders. But I've been really trying things like Come to Fight and Nimbleism. Um, but it only works in a world where I can block, like where I can successfully and efficiently block with one or two cards at most and then be able to clap back and we don't live in a world where blocking six uh 
you know, you can block six, you're still going to get hit with like 15 and mm-hmm. it just, the value isn't there uh, mm-hmm. on the clapback there. So you just, you just are behind. Uh, mm. But, but Ar- Arachne's strength is its efficiency in blocking. Right. And that, and that's where it fatigues people. So, uh, so readily is that it can efficiently block. And then when it does squeak through here for something, it does take cards away. Things like leave no witnesses, and even exploits things like Command and Conquer. Uh, when you have those two together, all of a sudden you're threatening the arsenal twice as much as you as you thought you would. Everything's a breakpoint attack, so they have to make a decision whether or not to take it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't don't value. And this is where the problem comes, right? Arachne Arachne values cards being banished, so you don't get to play with them anymore. No one, no hero really cares about that unless you stop them from doing what they want to do. Uh, so, you know, it, it is a challenge. So if you can manipulate their deck in such a way that you take away their win cons, then Arachne has the upper hand. But if you are, I take Phi as an example, Phi is like nigh unwinnable for Arachne. Why? Cause it, it does not, it does not matter what you take from them as long as it's not like Art of War. And if, it's, as long as they get a Art of War into hand, um, right. It's it's probably game over for you, and you're not going to be able to clap back at, to at any extent there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trome, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say um, sometimes too. It's even you know just just looking at the top card of your deck and being like, oh, I don't want th- to see that this game. I'm just going to drop that down. And yeah. So just just disrupting some of your just luck draws. You know, say for me, if I'm if he sees a Mordred Tide on on the top of my deck, he's going to say, nah, and mm-hmm. I won't see a Mordred Tide, which likely we're not seeing second cycle in that game unless he's going for pure fatigue. But yeah, so there's, there's that disruptive, like, I don't want you to play the cards you want to play. So I'm just going to hide them from you. If I can't yeah. banish them, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make sure you don't see him, which is, which is super cool. I love that. That's like the dual sidedness of him. It's yeah. if I can't get rid of him now, I'll just hide him for later. Um, right. Yeah, you're cool. you're definitely like if you can master the manipulation of the top and bottom of the deck, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're in a pretty good spot. You still oh. have some pretty polarizing matchups, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that gameplay is really uh, in it really interests me. And I've really I've you know, I've I've dove deep into Arachne and it feels like it's so different than Fi. And I love I love aggro. I love Fi. Uh, I love, you know, I was a briar before that. Just dump my cards down and deal mm-hmm. a ridiculous amount of damage. And Arachne is is just the most opposite you could get. And for whatever reason, it has pulled me right into its web. Let's see what I did there. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's talk about so the band and restricted uh, suspended announcement was made today on the twenty fourth of January, and it, the the article itself was ho- was uh, authored by uh, Brian Gottlieb, a uh, friend of the pod, previous guest uh, of the channel here, um, and a very well spoken, very intelligent, uh, and incredible card player from uh, by by all accounts here and he's he is uh he is helping lss steer the ship in the direction to make it healthy long term and uh this article he, he mentions the you know the the philosophy between the philosophy towards using the band suspended list as being threefold sometimes they use it for addressing card interactions that are degenerate or create negative play experiences sometimes it's because they messed up and sometimes it's to actively manage the format and today's changes, he says, is around actively managing managing the format. So, let's take a look. Classic constructed. I will say I don't think there's any changes in Blitz. So this is strictly classic constructed uh, related. The following changes to classic constructed are effective from January 30th, 2023, the conclusion of ProQuest season. Belittle is banned. Winter's Whale is banned. Amulet of Ice is suspended until Icelander becomes Living Legend. Hypothermia is suspended until Icelander becomes Living Legend. So, uh, he does, he, I check out the article, they justify their stance, and I think all of it makes sense for how they portrayed it. So let's talk about, let's talk about the consequences here, right? Let's start with, uh, let's start with Belittle, uh, Parker, what, what is your first impression when you saw Belittle is banned? 
what were what were your first thoughts and what are you thinking now? Yeah, um <clears throat> I've never liked that card, <laughs> to be honest. I mean I the way that it's described or, or the way that Brian, you know, spells it out is and he even used the word uses the word uh, it cheats the resource system. That's exactly almost verbatim how I've discussed it with some some buddies of mine and who who admittedly they've you know played the belittle plans or you know been fans of that interaction themselves and that's that's something that I've never really enjoyed about it. So I was fairly pleased to see that one it's gone and um, two that LSS has you know the the bandwidth for uh, even though they're a small still relative to the card game industry still have the bandwidth to keep an eye on such a, an interaction like that um mm-hmm. i mean it's not hard to see when it's you know front and center on the on the top tables of you know pro tours and and things of that of that nature but uh, yeah so it's it's good on them to at least address it and say hey yeah this is fundamentally breaking the 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 value of your cards when you can you know takes away the risk and reward of your deck building and you can kind of just cheat your way into uh resources uh while also presenting three damage um so it 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 also the thing that really irked me with that card is heroes like viscerai were using it um no no shame to to hamish i love that dude he's a huge viscerai um staple uh in the in the viscerai community but he was pushing he and many others have pushed the belittle vis and it works yeah. but mm-hmm. it it is not my vis and it's not you know so it changes <laughs> yeah, yeah. It changes the, the structure of a, of a hero which we've all kind of fallen in love with lore base and you know the 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 backstory and all that and then you just see this like you know, belittle and minimalism interactions. Like, no, that's not what he does. <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not what he. He. That's cheating. You're cheating. So yeah. So it was. Yeah. It was a. It was a sigh of relief to know that that's gone. Personally, I'm not speaking for many, but personally, I'm enjoying that it's gone. Adam, the one thing that came to mind for me right away, I think back to Nash or no. Uh, Worlds, the Q&A, uh, Jason Chung talking about how belittle is such an integral part to, uh, belittle minimalism is such an integral part to aggro decks doing things outside of just playing zero cost go again cards. Mm-hmm. And that when, when I read the announcement today, that was what my mind thought right away is that, wow, LSS is thinking now that belittle minimalism is such a problem that they want to push aggro decks down that direction instead and i mean it makes sense though because belittle minnowism adds resources to your hand like most decks are just playing the blue minnowism now and it's you you go uh you go fetch it so you can get an extra three resources and that's it's kind of busted when you think about it i think i remember when the combo first dropped like people were only playing it into control but now that it's just become a main deck in pretty much every aggro mid-range strategy yeah i i think it's time to let it go and force decks to get a little more creative with their deck building whether that mean if you need the extra resources maybe you're slotting an energy potion now and you're like trying to build up a board state that way or maybe you are playing a zero cost go against strategy like Fi is going to go in a zero cost go against strategy um rune blades it's going to depend on the rune blade and the, the flavor of what you want your deck to do but it 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 forces people to get creative again which i think is just the deck building got really stagnant in the agno aggro field so i think this is a good hit i spent all of 2022 hating this card and now that it's now that it's gone i feel i don't know i i feel an emptiness i guess a void here my biggest problem with belittle has always been that it is a generic right it like it when Phi came out, right, dragons, fire, ninjas, Volcor, little guy with an X, right, <laughs> is the best card in the deck, right? Uh, Briar, right, Briar, you know, earthbound, rune blade, signature, 
you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, signature character type of the game here, mixing arcane and and physical damage and infusing her power uh, with the mountains. With an X, you know, and just come, come around. Here's Kim Lee just swinging in. Yeah, yeah, just basically, right? Like any any aggressive deck was the best cards. Is likely belittle. You know, it starts and ends with belittle and what, what you were doing with minimalism. Um, I do. Well, pour one out to Oscar, who loses just like his his baby was Royal Briar with this belittle package that really really did well. Was very unique uh, in composition and things like Blue Stir the Wildwood, just uh, Chef's Kiss, uh, Cash mm. Out. Uh, in there to take care of the crown afterwards and still get some value out of it. Uh, never saw cash out be played by anybody at all, and he made it work. And now it is dead. Uh, <laughs> so I, I am so sorry. Um, my, I think, I think, I think the reason I get a little apprehensive is that it's about timing. What didn't come with it. Right. I, I think everyone had an understanding that with Belittle came Channel Lake Frigid. Right. They together, they offset each other. Channel Lake Frigid is still here. Right. Belittle is not. Um, how, you know, will the fears of those who were that thought Channel Lake Frigid would become a, like the dominant ice piece now that you cannot fetch that resource? Uh, is 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 what will I think everyone will be looking at now? Does this mean, you know, does this mean ice in a in a more defensive controlly package become you know the de facto foil to an aggro strategy that once was able to get through those frostbites? It'll be interesting to see how. Well, let's talk. So let's talk about the decks that had it that no longer do. Right. So I would say. Uh, so I. Parker, tell me if the little this was was popular. It, was it still as prevalent? I feel like that. Uh, I feel like Viscerai in itself has kind of dropped a tier or so down, but but the belittle package in in particular uh, doesn't seem to be the the popular archetype for Viscerai. No, no, and actually, <clears throat> yeah, Viscerai has really fallen off. Um... For, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's not fun. <laughs> it's it's the ice meta really that the and and Phi. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'd say specifically to Vis. Actually, the belittle Vis was the most consistent <laughs> because of that mm-hmm. blue resource you could you could go fetch and you know pop yeah. off on a big shrill. That is a there's a common thread you'll see here. Is that yeah, exactly right? Belittle <laughs> belittle brought consistency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I look at I look at Phi, right? I I'm a big fan of Phi, and I I felt like Belittle was necessary. But one of my problems was, and I just I was talking about this uh, with one of my uh, one of my my trusted compatriots here in in the Draconic Ninja realm. Um, I always had a problem with blues and Phi, and Belittle did not help my problem with blues. They were nice to have in in and against ice heroes but really all i wanted was a blue a hand and mm-hmm. if you had you know and adam can kind of speak to to you know my laughably uh just terrible luck or so it seems you know when it comes to variants and what i would draw uh, you know i was down at one point to 12 blues and i think a 10 10 blues and then two minnowisms on a on a five list and still like getting an art of war and drawing two blues and just like just game killing scenarios or having that belittle out there and not being able to do any like you know if you have belittle you do it right you do the thing you get the card um the amount of times that i would do that and now have two blues in hand where I only I just wanted the one, right? It, it always felt like my my hands were being clogged up with with those extra resources, and I was never able to put them uh, to use. I had the most success I had it was on the Kadachi Fi uh, Peter Ward's uh, UK Nationals list, um, but I was able to cycle through. Like the, the things cost something, but 
you know, hypothermia just screwed it. Like I, I could not play against uh, Icelander. So, um, I, I am intrigued by the, uh, by the possibility of Kadachi Phi becoming becoming a thing again. Because I, in a non-ice scenario, I, th- I still think it's one of the like, even if it's it, whether it's ma- uh, momentum or links. I think Kadachi Phi pound for pound could still handle just about every other uh, deck out there, and the combat the combat links were there, and uh, and you just you gave up against Icelander. You hoped that they didn't have a hypothermia uh, in Arsenal when the time came where you had to Kadachi to continue uh, continue your line, and now you don't have to worry about that. So I'm very interested to see where Kadachi Phi. Uh, lands. I'm very interested to see where um, even Emberblade Phi uh, uh, ends there. Uh, Rykowski recently was talking about increasing the number of blues uh, in in the deck. So his his updated core list had starts with 16 blues, and I believe has a 17th in in the sideboard. Maybe more. I think he might actually go up to 18, 19 blues into in Icelander. He might change that now because of because of these things. But you know, I was talking about going all the way down to 12 and and getting j- jammed up because of the belittles, and now he's going the opposite of going up, you know up to 16, 17. So it'll be interesting to see where he kind of stands on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say quickly on 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 Briar, right? There's 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 a belittle Briar and there's a non belittle Briar. We just go we just go with a non belittle Briar now. That's all. I, it's my preferred build as it is. So I I, I'm happy happy to yeah. see it. Four attacks go again. Give him, I'll still go with my channel. Um, I I think the only thing is, is that uh, minimalism red and blue made creepers really really great, and that Oscar mm. really leveraged those into the in that royal uh, briar to gain the action points and and do the thing and have you know yellow snatches with the channel mount you know flashing in a channel mount heroic on a yellow flash that was that was hit with a minimalism on top like it just all that stuff jive together so that those synergies are now out uh zach bun was able to do really well with the creepers build outside of the belittle package um so it'll be interesting to see where creepers kind of ends up uh in in the rune blade builds uh, or at least what a briar builds uh now all right uh next up we have winter's whale the one-handed frosty hammer uh signature weapon of Oldham popularized by Starvo that gets the ban hammer. I think this one is the, probably the most shocking one of them all, Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think everyone kind of knew everyone had been talking about belittle. That's been a that's been a thing. But Winter's Whale, I think. I mean, I've seen a lot of people just tossing Oldham to the wayside because this weapon is gone, and I think if that doesn't immediately justify how disgusting that weapon is mm-hmm, right. is without it people don't even want to play the deck and so it's like okay so that's exactly why it probably needed to go um when 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 a hero can like old him who can you know keep cycling cards into his deck based on you know crown of seeds and his uh hero defense reaction um and st- and then still just keep a card and hit you with a four on hit. Um, yeah, that's it's it's it feels long term not healthy. Um, yeah, it's just I th- I th- I, the most unexpected, like you said, but probably my favorite <laughs> of all of them of all the bands today. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Adam, no more frosty hammers. I by you know it's funny by the end of the life cycle of this weapon I learned to not be afraid of the frostbite anymore and I think that that is the key to playing into Winter's Whale is just being like mm-hmm. YOLO frostbite will still make our turn work but yeah. despite that the fact that Winter's Whale yeah you like to Parker's point you block with two two cards hold one card to pitch to the whale arsenal a card that's that's such insane value four off of one card with an on hit what yeah. other weapon does that i know people say like rosetta's broken but rosetta takes some work you have to hold mm. your hand take a huge hit you can only do that maybe two or three times before if you do not have control of the game you're dead 
Winter's mm-hmm. Whale is way more OP than 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 Rosetta ever was. And uh, no, I I was very surprised by this band as well. But I think it's it's very appropriate. Yeah, I. I... I compare it to well I've always I've always said Oldham has a backup plan. He's got a blue icy encounter that he can play at any moment. You know, oh I got to chunk my hand. Oh well, I have this blue icy encounter just sitting here I can always play. And yep. that feels off off balanced a little bit for me. Yeah. I don't know what takes the its place though. I mean, is it does it become a Nanathos build? Is is Titan's Fist? So I guess it's a two part uh, question, right? As a, as an Oldham player, are are you okay with not having a shield? And if you do, are you okay with Titan's Fist? Is that the is that the weapon you use now? I, I think it's going to come down to builds. Like it's going to if you're mm-hmm. trying to fatigue, you probably run cold or you, you run uh titan's fist with rampart because you still want rampart to fatigue um mm-hmm. and, and meanwhile like if you're trying to play more of an aggressive build like yeah you can run titan's fist with stalagmite and that's a pretty good disruption package for some some aggro decks and then in other aggro decks you probably i, I don't know if it's anothos or sledge like sledge at least you can on every third turn you can do it with tunic and one card yeah that's kind of where I'm where I'm thinking, right? If I'm going like slightly aggressive build, probably sledge to exploit the tunic. But it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, going to be a tough call because then if if we're getting into sledge wars now, expose the elements comes back into the deck because you want to blow up your opponent's tunic, and there are so many. Like the reality is, is losing Winter's Whale opens up so many deck building questions for 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 for. It doesn't sound like the worst thing, though, right? I mean, I, I like if you bring in the sledge and then tunic, you're you're adding decision points to your to your build, and the mirror match becomes a super interesting kind of uh, dance to see who can you know who can whittle each other's life total down while maintaining their equipment balance, you know. And maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, maybe maybe it is anothos and tectonic plating, kind of in a uh, you know, tectonic plating is popular in Oldham right now in Blitz because you don't have the the crown of seeds, right? I, I think if crown went, tunic would have gone immediately. You probably crown's, just have crowns in hot crown, water right it, now. They've, they've is, said so. Like, like crown's got one strike left, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. if, well, they, it's you gonna know, be straight they, to detention if they. I think <laughs> I think crown. I think people wanted crown, right? I think people expected mm-hmm. to see crown, but you know, Oldham got hit just not where they thought that it was it was going to get hit mm-hmm. um but it, you know belittle winter's whale uh you know things like plunder run uh you know ball we talk about breaking the tenants of the game right crown and crown does and they even say it. they say they basically said yeah but it's a legendary <laughs> right you right. know and it's like it's all collectible right. <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know okay if winter's whale was a four for six or yeah is that okay four for six versus three for four i don't know i feel like they would the thing is is so now it's a two-handed weapon i would assume yeah 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 yeah. if winter's whale was a two-handed weapon with the appropriate stats but still had the frostbite on it i feel like it does because the thing is is like even in my pro quest i've I've faced against a fatigue old him and he blocked like a 14 15 damage revel turn and still had a card to pitch to winter's whale and so in that decision point he would have had to take damage and Mm -hmm. and then still had you know said well if i want to clap back with anything i have to keep these two cards Mm -hmm. and so maybe that was the 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 difference maker is that he could it's a one card hold and still present disruption and damage if it was a two card hold with the same disruption and damage I think we would be pushing Oldham's down a little bit. So, yeah, even if it was a four even, cost for four, know, right? If you even if you had like, a, like, all right, let's say all things were equal with Winter's Whale, but it said you needed two ice cards in pitch in order to get a like a frostbite, right? I think anything along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. The Anathos type of effect where you need mm-hmm. two cards of a particular type, so you have to. 
you have to put in the tectonic plating or you have to use something else in order mm-hmm. to gain the value off of it that i think that seems to be a like a you know that's very guardian-esque and to that point winter's will is not Mm-hmm. It is not mm-hmm. uh, Guardian says there. All right, moving on. We have Amulet of Ice. Is, we'll, we'll, we'll do this collectively. Amulet of Ice and Hypothermia are both suspended until Icelander becomes living legend. Does this... I mean, is, I, I feel like Michael Hamilton's waking up tomorrow and going, okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah sure. The point that he makes, though, uh, in the article where it's like, you know, the card sh- we tried to make balanced by not having any block, but the fact that it's still seeing such dominant play and the disregard for its non-blocking capacity and still being so disruptive. So they, they basically admitted, yeah, we didn't we didn't make it, you know, you didn't have to jump through enough hoops. Uh, we sh- it should have cost one, or maybe it should have lost the go again. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it's a setup card, and that's, you know, Icelander's whole thing is to chip, 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 have the setup and then pop off you know when you're at like nine to 12 life um Mm -hmm. and so uh, i think without it though i don't i don't know i i'm super aggro so i never i never really it never really affected me um that much adam you're you're pretty well versed at this point in icelander how how do these these two cards kind of affect your your thinking of the hero so it, it's funny that with, with hypothermia, um, I know, like, if we use Michael Hamilton as the, as the benchmark for determining if a card gets played or not, um, Michael Hamilton was growing increasingly, what's the word, just like unimpressed by by hypothermia, um, and. Me and following in his footsteps, I I also found that like there's times where I'm arsenaling hypo like if you're playing into ninja for example, you're like oh yeah I'm gonna arsenal this hypothermia I'm gonna get them and then they go rising resentment, you're like okay okay what's next mounting anger okay what's next right, right, right. Ronin renegade and you're just like well what what mm-hmm. am I gonna do and then like right. same thing with dash like dash is the one who I think hypothermia disrupts the most and you're like once again I'm gonna arsenal this hypothermia I'm gonna get them and they're like high octane and you're just like well shit and you flip the table and walk away that that's been my opinion with with, with hypothermia like it's it can be really good but it's it's just becoming harder and harder to disrupt your opponent with it um, and then with amulet of ice. And my first thought was, all right, I'll just put Winter's Bite in instead. Like, I yes, you could set up some crippling board states with yeah. with uh, Amulet of Ice, but I don't think. Well, he, they they Brian Gottlieb makes a really good point about how it's a non-block card, and you still run it in like main board, and that. That is worth addressing the fact that it, you know you're you're running this into any deck no matter what because it's just its ability once you fuse is so powerful. But I don't think this is necessarily crippling to Icelander. I think Icelander can still persevere through these bands. All right. So ProQuest season notwithstanding, does does something rise to the top here? Uh, that that wasn't already there. It does seem like right. The the motivation here was to manage the format and take the the top three decks, not out of the equation, but out of the dominant talk. Uh, you know, they want to reshape that shape that that closed polygonal figure, and you know, no longer have it be that triangle of ice, ice, phi. So, what what if anything gets upgraded? here i I have a thought now that as i'm saying this if i am a dawnblade wielding dorinthia i was about to say right now 100 yeah (laughs) i am just giddy in fact if if those bands i i i think i've been on the on the record here that uh maybe not on the cast but if if i were to be able to attend a pro i can't attend a pro quest but if i were to be able to attend a pro quest i personally would bring dorinthia iron song to that pro quest and i would feel i would feel good about where where i was against just about everybody um 
and I think I put in some good work uh, lately with with Dorinthia. I got Iron Song. Iron Song Pride really fucked me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not happy about it. I drew it in what was the last turn of the game, and I really needed it to be a shunt. And the fact that it was Iron Song Pride, I was like, oh, man, I run one copy. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. killed just killed me. But uh, without hypothermia. Uh, in in things of that nature, um, in in the kind of handicapping of the premier aggro deck, I feel like that is that is the window. That is the door. That is the door to the promised land opening up that Dorinthia Iron Song needs to waltz right in. And I feel like uh, the flukes and laos of the world are. Are licking their lips and raring to go, and uh, I think I feel like Dorinthia just moved up to I would maybe I'd, as you know A and a half A plus may maybe I'd you know I'd love for her to be S tier right now. I I have always said that if Dorinthia Ironsong is an S tier hero, the meta in whatever form it was it was is in a in a good spot because mm-hmm. I I think she is. Uh, her and Bravo are like our flesh and blood in its purest form for me, right? And if those two are doing, you know, doing the Lord's work here and 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 winning games, then I think we're we're in a, a good, healthy place. So that's my take. Uh, Dorinthia is, I think, gets upgraded there. I know I asked the question, then answered it. It's that's a pat, that's a pat Shaw uh, <laughs> thing. Uh, but Parker, tell tell me what what gets upgraded here. Dorinthia. No, yeah. Um, hey, that's a great right? answer. I love it. That's what I was going to say. Dorinthia, I mean, she was already just based off of some of the meta analysis that we've seen in week one. I mean, there's a lot out there and they're doing really well. I think Ice is their their biggest uh, disruptor. But um, yeah, aside from Dorinthia or even Bolton, like Bolton just went up there too. Bolton has been popping mm-hmm. off. Um I'm trying to think. Let me see. Without those things, I don't know. I mean, we had some we had some really good azaleas. Uh, my buddy's on azalea. I think azalea's definitely been was, impressing me lately. Yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. think, I think that without, it's. Oh, go ahead, Parker. No, no, I was gonna I was gonna say I think maybe just without the belittle, see seeing how this might affect Phi if it even knocks them down a peg slightly, um, then that matchup, you know, any bit more favorable for her would be very interesting to see. Yeah. It does have a particular sweet spot into Phi. It really is just terrible mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. Azalea on the other side of things. Well, and the other thing... I'm sorry, is, yeah, keep going. Uh, is, I think people are just learning how to play Ranger better mm-hmm. as well. Um, Lexi... Lexi gave a lot more openings to push damage and to just have big turns than Azalea did. And I remember people saying like, oh, Azalea needs more go again. She needs to be able to present more than one on hit per turn or something like that. And I don't think that's actually the case. I think Azalea comes down to, especially Azalea, but like Ranger in general, Ranger is a deck that targets the meta. When a meta's open or when a meta's being defined, Ranger isn't as good. But the moment there's a dominant deck, Ranger can be like, ooh, I know how to play into that. I know how to disrupt that. Like when Fi was like Boomer or Zoomer Fi, you like Azalea could destroy that deck so quickly because you just, you know, you would red you no armor. You just did it. You just did the thing. Yeah, red the ledger, just memorial grounds it to keep cycling it to the top of your deck. And then when you get them sub 10, you kill them off with a remorseless because they can't kill you because they'll kill themselves first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so, I, I definitely I, I agree. Does Lexi get posed by any of this? Is Did, did she need hypothermia and, no. and or amulet of ice no there, there's just, no world where no. lexi wants to take an entire turn off go hypothermia pass yeah mm. yeah i've I've seen i've seen people in the twitter sphere i mean just like i could count on my hands it's not a lot but saying that the amulet of ice was was a knock to lexi but I, I've played a lot of Ice Lexies, and maybe I just didn't play the ones where I saw Amulet of Ice. Um, so maybe, you know, there's not many out there, but maybe there's some that say, again, struck down by someone else's sins, you know, but probably not too much. 
All right, no, all right. That means our time, uh, our time here is up. Is what what is is happening here, and that is okay. Parker, it, like a like a gasoline fire, it is bright, beautiful, and extinguished all too quickly. Thank you for coming on to the combat chain and discussing uh, all the surprises and twists and turns that have uh, come out to the last twenty four hours. Uh, we will uh, we'll simply say this is your time to plug your stuff very quickly. If you've got your again, give your your socials, the links, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter. It's breezy. Um, so at breezy, there's there's three e three three threes. <laughs> yeah, Twitter uh, has three threes. Yeah, right? Twitter, the Twitter has three threes. It's yeah, real so, breezy. Bunch of bunch of people already have the two threes and bunch of crazy stuff. But yeah, two or uh, three threes, uh, breezy. You can find me on Twitter, and then uh, yeah, keep an eye on uh, fabtc.com where you'll you'll see week two and week three of the metagame analysis for ProQuest season uh, season three. Awesome. Do you have any other projects coming out now? You're hitting the big time here. Are you writing? Are you writing more beyond this point? Do you have anything lined up? Um, nothing currently more lined up. Um, I'm, I'm good buddies with Steven, uh, DM Armada. We're locals to each other. We're buddies, um, IRL. And so, yeah, we should be doing some video stuff, discussing some PQ wrap up and, and recap stuff. And, um, but aside from that, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open and free agent at the moment. So yeah, keeping my options open currently. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Parker, for coming on to the podcast today. Uh, we are the Combat Chain. You can find us on YouTube at the Combat Chain. Uh, we are uh, we are streaming wherever you find your audio podcasts. You you can the best way to support us is through our Patreon. It's really difficult to say given the the how we began. Uh, but you uh, <laughs> you can find us on uh, you can you can support us. The best way is on our Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com backslash the combat chain and uh, you can support one of our many tiers there to help keep the lights and mics up and running. For the love of God, uh, if you just want to support the podcast, get a shout out on the pod or even get exclusive access to our team testing channel. Uh, sign up to our Patreon today. Uh, we are on Twitter, of course. You can find us at the Combat Chain. You can find me at Pat Smash Good, and you can find Adam at Fomtulery TCG. All right, Parker, we have one more little piece of business here. Uh, we like to close out every episode uh, with a little saying I say until next week, and we all say in unison, we are closing the con- combat chain. I think I'm going to tweak it a little bit, but I'd still like you to come in with the we're closing the combat chain with us, if, uh, if you will do us the honor. Yeah, of course. All right. Thank you again, Parker Brown, a, a decorated author and just handsome fella, uh, <laughs> for, for coming on. It's always a treat talking with you. Uh, and hopefully we do it again sometime in the future. And uh, that's going to do it for us. So uh, until until we'll see. We'll see. Oh, no. <gasps> Closing the combat chain.